Haley. Catherine. Do you know how we got our podcast started so fast? How? We use the Anchor app. What's the Anchor app? Well, it's a really cool app. It's completely free and it'll distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Wow, it literally does all the work for you pretty much. Basically. For free? And yeah, and you can make money on your podcast. It's free. It's completely free. Anything you need to make your podcast will be all on Anchor. Wow. I'm more dependable than anyone in my life, so... I mean, (laughs) you said it. (laughs) Um, So if you guys are interested in starting a podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm to get started. Thanks. Welcome, spooky babe. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> so we have a theme song now. <laughs> yeah, I, you might have heard it in the last podcast and the other one before that, and the other one before that, but we only just added it now. So, right. How are you today, Haley? I mean, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm becoming the depressed, traumatic one of the podcast. So. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Should oh, I say I'm fine? I'm fine. We are all just fine. <laughs> <laughs> we are all just trying to get through it day by day. True. <laughs> so, so I feel like we're kind of like avoiding talking about what we're talking about today. <laughs> uh, this, one, this one's a doozy. Like, I thought I was traumatized before. Yeah. But like I feel mentally drained by yeah. what we witnessed. Yeah, and yeah. I, I'm not, and I'm only. Well, you know, we just re, we just watched the movie, right? So like, but you actually went in detail with like your research and shit. Yes. So I only know what the movie has shown me. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely two two different people in this podcast right now. It's someone who's only watched the movie, and knows what the movie's about. There's someone who has researched in detail the whole. Uh, true crime and then watch the movie which it kind of just like melts your brain just a little bit mm. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> my brain already feels melted <laughs> yeah 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 i know we talked about that we were gonna do the strangers but uh that didn't work out for us like no. we wanted it to so we got a um... recommendation yes that's the word i was looking for <laughs> I was like, I don't know why I was going to say description, but <laughs> we got a recommendation from TikTok. Yes. The TikToker's username is The Nightmare Movies. He does a series where he does most disturbing movies, and lucky for us, we stumbled <laughs> upon Disturbing Movies Part 6. Here's the thing. I feel like we didn't think it was going to be that disturbing. So, I mean, I agree. Normally when someone says, oh my god, it's so disturbing, or when it's like, scariest movie of right. all time, it's bullshit. Right. So, I went in thinking, oh, it's not gonna be that bad. Right. This movie is fucked up. It is. It, and it's not like, it's not gory, it's not like a lot of, there's a lot of murder insinuated in the movie, but the most like, disturbing parts of it is that it's very psychologically draining. Yes. Because the... The person, the we'll talk about him in just a minute. He's, he's like, a, a master manipulator. 
Mm-hmm. Like, aren't they all? Aren't they all? We talked about a master <laughs> manipulator before, I think. <laughs> the last true crime episode. We still haven't said what we're talking about. I know. What is I'm this? trying to avoid it. So this is true crime versus Hollywood. So we take a movie that's based on a true crime and we kind of dissect it. We go through the true crime story and then we go through the movie and see if there are any kind of differences. So the movie that we're going to talk about is the Snowtown Murders. Snowtown being one word. And it's the story of John Bunting, who is Australia's most notorious serial killer. Notorious. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's go into the story, the true crime story. Are you ready? Um, I'm ready. Spooky babes. Just like... This is a major... Hold me in your arms right now. <laughs> major... Okay. Side note. Major trigger warning. Especially if you do decide to check this movie out. Major trigger warning. There's... Yes. Sexual assault. Nudity. Animal... Stuff. Yeah. Um, I literally cried. Yeah. I cried. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. A- animal abuse. Yeah. It's bad. Yes. Now, at the end it said no real animals were harmed in the making of the movie, which is... Great, great, perfect, but still did not it, like it. <laughs> still didn't make me feel any better because I had to witness it. Right, hated it. Uh, John Justin Budding was a ringleader, perhaps. I guess you could call him a ringleader. Yeah. Of a group of people who basically their mission in life was to like kill and torture pedophiles and gay people, mm-hmm. and his like. Psych records aren't public because I guess maybe it's like an Australian thing, but I feel like in America we can we can access a lot of things about a serial killer from America, right. but his psych records weren't public, but his psychiatrist or a psychiatrist insinuated that he lacks emotion and the capacity to empathize, which is completely true. Mm-hmm. And if we go all the way back to when he was a wee little young lad, um, his favorite pastime was burning insects with acid mm. and then in his teen years he was a neo-nazi oh so makes sense yeah and honestly all of his vis- victims were all of his victims were chosen kind of on a whim and they're based on flimsy evidence or even just a rumor mm. um, he even disliked not just pedophiles and gay people but he disliked obese people drug users things like that Oh. So I think that you and I'd be out of the oh, game. Oh, we would be dead. <laughs> We'd be so dead. We'd be like Suzanne. Oh, poor Suzanne. <laughs> oh, we no. aren't going to talk much about her probably, but... Okay, so I'm going to go through a list of people that we're going to hear about during our stories of murder. <laughs> There's a lot of people that it's really hard to keep track of. Mm-hmm. So... There's obviously John Justin Bunting. He's the ringleader. He basically calls all the shots. And then there's Robert Wagner, who became friends with John in 91, and he was encouraged by Bunting to assist in the murders. Then we have Mark Hayden. He helped dispose of bodies, but was not convicted of any murders. Uh, We have James or Jamie Velasquez. I'm going to say that's his last name. I don't care. Don't correct me. He lived with Bunting because Bunting was married to his mom. He was also drawn into helping with murders, and later he became a star witness in their cases. Um, Elizabeth Harvey was a, a mother of four kids, 
and she knew about the murders, encouraged, and assisted. And she died of cancer before they were convicted of uh, murder. So she was never convicted herself. We have Thomas Trevelyan. He assisted in killing one or more persons. And then we have Jody Elliott, and that's Mark's wife, Mark Hayden's wife's sister. She has below average intelligence and supposedly dated bunting. So we're gonna go to 92, August of 92. That was his very first murder. His first murder was Clinton Trezise, I think is his last name. And he's not mentioned in the movie at all, not one bit. There's a reason for that. So he invited him over, accused him of being a pedophile, and then bashed him in the head with a shovel. His body was found two years later in a shallow grave, but his case remained unsolved for years. Right. In fact, he was on, like, Australia's most unsolved cases in, like, 1997. They they didn't know. And he didn't kill anyone for another, like, four years, I believe. So the next uh, victim who he killed was Ray Davies. Oh, he was Ray. He was an intellectually disabled man who lived in a caravan behind Suzanne Allen's house. Supposedly, Suzanne Allen was his ex. Supposedly. Supposedly. Here's, the reason why I say supposedly is that that's all from research from the internet, and I don't know if that's all true, but from the movie, I couldn't kind of grasp what things were happening, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so I didn't like Suzanne's character, so... In the movie? Yeah. For like two seconds of fame yes. in that movie? So, in the movie, it's just this weird scene where they she's explaining that Ray Davies is in the camper in the back, yeah. and then... Wagner and Jamie are there, but then they're outside, and then you just see her getting naked. Yeah. In front of Bunting. Like sitting on the couch, Bunting. Yeah, just he's like... just sitting there, like man spreading. <laughs> like, he's fully clothed, like. Right. Not like doing anything, and he. We don't see anything happen, happen. between like, them. Like, that's it. Like, it's. That just, was it. She just strips. She, naked. like, strips, spins, and then the scene's over. Yeah. And I was like, we could have done without that scene. Right. Like, what was the point of that? What was the point? She was found in 11 different bags in a garden behind Bunting's old house. They said her death was a heart attack, which I don't know anyone who's died from a heart attack and then people chop them up and put them in the backyard. Like, <laughs> Well, yeah, no. Um, supposedly there was not enough evidence to charge Bunting with her murder, so no one was charged. Her chopped up body... In his backyard. Look, I'm not the judge. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I didn't do nothing. I know you didn't do nothing. I assume that maybe a chopped up body would have been enough. I would assume maybe they have could have gotten some kind of forensic something off of it. But apparently not. So. Yeah. The movie's so confusing. Very confusing. Me. Yeah. Like, like how you said with your character or your the actual people. Yeah. And how it's hard to keep track. It was hard to keep track in the movie. Right. I was like, who is this person? Right. And then I would look at you, and then you would kind of know, because you already did yeah. the research, so you'd kind of understand. Right. But not all the time. You were just yeah. like, I don't know. Like, I don't know who that is. Right. Because the film wasn't in, like, chronological order. It was kind of all scenes of things all over the place that happened in his life during the murders. But... None of it was chronological, and none of it was exactly the same as what I researched, which right. is why it was kind of confusing. 
so Ray Davies was an intellectually disabled man, and he lived in a caravan behind Suzanne Allen's house. Um, she accused him of making sexual advances on her, on her grandson, and he was murdered by Bunting and Wagner in December of 95. They cleaned and painted and sold his caravan and continued to claim his welfare checks. And so that's the second person, and he's already claiming people's welfare. So we kind of know that there's like a a reason to why he's killing these people, mm -hmm. other than the fact that they may be rumored to be a pedophile or a gay person. Right. And just for the money. Honestly, just, if you just want them, that's why I was saying when I was researching, I was like, if you just want their money, just say it. Like, right. <laughs> if and you don't make it seem like you're doing some type of social justice for right. at least the pedophile part. Like, right. The next victim, his name is Michael Gardner. He was an openly gay man. He was murdered by Bunting and Wagner in August of 97, which was two years later. And Wagner didn't like him due to his sexuality. And Bunting had um, his friend Frederick Brooks impersonate him, demanding his belongings like his wallet so that he had access to his personal funds. His body was the first one to be put into a, a barrel in a bank vault that's like a, it was like a no longer being used bank that they stored these barrels of acid with bodies in them. Mm. So Michael was the first one to be put into one of the barrels. The next victim was Barry Lane. Barry. Barry. Barry, wonderful Barry. Oh, okay. He was actually in the movie. We didn't see anything about, about Clinton or Michael, I don't think, in no. the movie. Mm -mm. Uh, but no, we I did see Ray. We did that. That's what I was gonna say. The only like openly gay person that died in the movie was Barry. Right. So Barry Lane, he was openly gay, and he was also a crossdresser. And I mean, do you mean drag queen? Cause like, I've watched all thirteen seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> yes, queen. <laughs> Supposedly, he was previously in a relationship with Wagner back when he was thirteen. But that was not touched on on the movie. Wait, 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 wait. At all. Wait. <laughs> okay, seeing the movie and seeing yeah. who plays Wagner and then who plays Barry, like, they are, like, completely different, like, ages. Or That's one. why he'd be a pedophile. Because when um, Wagner would have been 13, Barry was 42 when he passed. Oh. He would have probably been, like, 20-something. Oh, so he was a pedophile, too? Allegedly? That's what Wagner said. But did Wagner say that because he hated gay people? Right. Was it because Barry was openly gay? Or did Barry, did Barry actually have a relationship with Wagner when he was 13? We don't know. We don't know. We'll never know because these people are dead. I don't know. It makes me feel differently about Barry if it's true. Right. Obviously. <laughs> I, I love Barry in the movie. Right. He was like an informant in the movie. He yeah. told them like all the people that were... You know, obviously doing bad things. In yeah, that Barry aspect. basically brought to John and Wagner all the different People. pedophiles yeah. in the surrounding areas. Right. Yeah. So this is the one where Bunting forced him to call his mom and tell him he was moving and wanted nothing to do with her. Mm -hmm. Lane was supposedly another reason why they killed him is that Lane was supposedly telling people about Clinton's murder, the very oh. first one. And so they had to kill him. But again, I don't know if that was even true. Um, after that, they took his car and his welfare check that he got. Just like everyone else, they, he took it, their welfare check. 
Barry was found in the same drum as Michael. Our next victim, his name was Thomas Treylan. Do you remember him in the movie? No. No, you will though in just one second. Thomas Treylan was described as having psychological problems. He heard noises outside and he'd run out with a knife. He lived with Barry and helped in his murder. And he wore army uniforms. Do you remember the guy just like mumbling in the background talking about in an army uniform talking about being a sniper? <gasps> yeah. Oh my gosh. And that's Thomas. And that's why when I saw him, I was like, oh my gosh. Because like I knew he was going to die, but we never saw him die. Like, he literally was just there for, like, that one scene. Yeah. Talking about snipers. Now, remember when uh, Bunting was... Bunting asked Barry, and he said, where did this guy come from? He goes, somebody has to have someone sometimes. So, it's like, Barry and him were kind of, I think, in a relationship. From what I could tell from that line. Yeah. Okay. But Thomas assisted with Barry's killing, and then they killed Thomas. Bunting murdered him. He was forced to go stand on a box... With a noose around his neck. Mm-hmm. And they kicked the box out from underneath him. He was not stored in the vault. But they... Uh, and then when they found his body, they deemed it a suicide. Ah. Uh, and with the fact that he had psychological problems and he was, you know, schizophrenic right. and all that stuff. That's just how it works. Oh my god. <laughs> Our, that was not in the movie. Not in the movie at all. We heard about him once and then, like, nothing. Yeah, like, he like, was just a rant... In this movie, just random people just pop up. And right. then I'm like, who the fuck are these people? Right. And then, and unless you've read the articles that I've read, you really wouldn't exactly. know. Exactly. Which is confusing. Very confusing. Which I feel like a lot of other true crime stories do a way better at telling the story, mm-hmm. you know? And in not such an uneasy way. <laughs> Our next victim is Gavin Porter. Gavin. Gavin. Oh, yeah. He was a friend of Jamie Velasquez, um, and he lived with Bunting. Bunting referred to Porter as a heroin addict and a waste, and he didn't deserve to live. Bunting got really angry one day because he got stuck by a needle that was in the couch. Oh. That was Gavin's, and so he killed him. That set him off. Yes. Yeah. Gavin, as far as we know, didn't have any rumors of being a pedophile had no rumors of being openly gay or even closeted the only reason was that he was a drug addict yeah. and he accidentally got pricked by his used needle like said a little let's, bit much let's not kill someone <laughs> like <laughs> bunting and wagner murdered him while he was asleep in his car and stored him in a barrel in the bank the next one is troy Yod. oh no no. Troy was an, a not good character. Not at all. Is the story the same? Like in the movie? No. Kind of. Let's so, go with what was really happening and then we'll talk about the character. Okay. Okay. Troy was the half-brother of Jamie Velasquez. Mm-hmm. Jamie confided in Bunting that Troy molested him when he was younger. That's what the rep- that's what the research says. Bunting, Wagner, Velasquez, and Hayden, Mark Hayden, visited him, dragged him from his bed, and killed him and stored him in a barrel in the in the bank. That that's it. That's it. I mean, there might have been more torture, but there was nothing that was explained that was happened. The movie, on the other hand, 
Trigger warning. Trigger. <laughs> trigger warning. We'll try to keep it under 30 seconds. Just um, skip 30 seconds ahead. <laughs> so, in the movie, Jamie is just on the couch watching TV and Troy just comes around the corner and starts like play fighting with them and stuff and he rapes him. Yeah. It's a long scene. It's too long. It it's was awful. I like had to cover my eyes. It, it was it, so bad. It's uncomfortably long. I mean this, like you don't see you don't a see ton or anything. Oh you see it happening. Yeah. You don't, yeah. you don't like see the stuff but like it was so uncomfortable. It's a far away shot. Yeah it's a far away shot. But you you know what's happening, and you're just like it, it's really. This movie does a lot of scenes where they do it uncomfortably too long, and I know that they did that on purpose, of course, for effect because all these scenes made me so uncomfortable. Right, it was like it's just made to make you uneasy. Yeah, like get that pit in your stomach. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, it was so bad. It was. Uh, Wagner and Bunting, they have, like, these little, like, hangouts at the house all the time, just drinking, you know, chit-chatting, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're all just sitting around talking about how pedophiles are a waste of, like, how they would go about getting rid of them. Yeah. Making them pay for what they did. Yeah. And Troy is there in the room, and Bunting just knows, like, yeah. I, I don't know if Jamie told him, but he just knows. We never, we never saw Jamie tell him. Right. He knows. Yeah. He knew when he was talking to him and just Jamie in the kitchen that one time. Right. Mm-hmm. So he knew. Yeah, he just, I don't know, it's like he just, he just knows everything. Yeah. So he's directing it towards Troy. Bunting is directing his argument towards Troy on what he would do to a pedophile. Mm-hmm. And to, to, you can clearly see Troy is very uncomfortable. Right. And he just kind of leaves. And, like, the next... Was it the next scene? Yeah, it was the next day, at least. Like, uh, so the next day, they... Wagner and Bunting... Drag him out of bed. Yeah, drag him out of bed. They handcuff him in the bathtub, tape him... Tape his feet down. And they do torture him. It's the one scene in the movie where they actually show them murder someone. Yeah. And it goes on for so long. long. Yeah. So long. Yeah. And then you can just, they basically have Jamie watch. Jamie can't watch for a while, so then he leaves, and then he basically forces him to come back. And yeah. Jamie just can't handle seeing what's happening. Like because, the torture? Yeah, because they're, they're clearly torturing him, and uh, they're, they're basically strangling him just enough before he yeah. dies. And then Jamie just, like, he was, like, just stop. And then Jamie, Jamie ended it. up doing it himself. Yeah. And then that was kind of the turning point for Jamie a little bit. Right. Right. At least in the movie. <laughs> right. Troy's story, regardless, is not a good one. No. And I don't think Troy was a good guy, regardless, in Mm-mm. the story or the movie. Mm-mm. Um, but, again, we'll never know for sure. I'm I'm not one to like say a victim's not right not se- telling us the truth, and like in the movie, obviously we saw it for ourselves. But like, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so like, if you knew Bunting, Bunting doesn't need much to be like, let's go, right? Let's let's get him. You he could literally someone could literally say, hey, that guy looked at me funny, or yeah. or looked at my son right creepily, right? And then he's like, okay, excuse me. John looks at everyone creepily in this movie. Oh my god. 
the not weird... just kids, but like everyone. So we had this theory that Bunting might actually have some unresolved his sexuality. sexual identity or yeah, something. Like his, he has an identity crisis with his sexuality. Yeah. Because, like, you know, people who hate gay people, they so usually tend to be gay in the closet. Right. You know? I mean, typically. I mean, not everyone. Was, so, like, I mean, if you hate gay theory. people, just you can leave. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, we, seriously. Yeah, we, we don't. We need don't need you on our podcast. No. No, we we appreciate and love everyone, but we, we do have that theory that he's possibly has a sexual identity crisis. Right. Like you said in the movie, especially with Jamie, like he he does take Jamie under his wing, like he's his son. But yeah. even with Alex, the younger brother, right, who's like eight, nine, and ten, like throughout right. the whole movie, right. It's just really weird. Yeah. Like creepy yeah he's like oh. stares and like i just don't understand i mean nothing happened in the movie and nothing was reported that bunting did anything right just, i mean in the movie he just like looked at people everyone not just not just the kids but i mean especially Suzanne. jamie moving on from troy <clears throat> our next victim is frederick brooks he was an, the intellectually disabled son of Jody Elliott and the nephew of Elizabeth Hayden, who's Marks Hayden's wife. So, the accomplice. One of them. Yes. Mark was the accomplice, yeah. Yes. So it's Mark, his wife, and his wife's sister. This is her son. He was, uh, like I said, intellectually disabled. He was murdered by uh, Bunting, Wagner, and Velasquez. Jamie. Jamie, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Mark collected his car and stole his welfare payments. So Mark was the one who stole this this kid's welfare payments. Again, there was no rumors on this one. It was just some intellectually disabled person who was getting welfare checks. So again, again, Bunting, if you just just wanted to kill people for money, just say it. Like, (laughs) our next victim was Gary. Gary. Gary O'Dwyer. He was intellectually disabled. He was disabled by a car accident in his earlier years. Bunting had Jamie learn all of his personal info and then murder him and collect his welfare check. His body was found with like burn marks on it that were from a machine for electric shock. So again, Gary didn't have anything, no rumors against him as far as we knew. Where we started was there's here's like a clear social justice. right here's and a clear just... thing that he wants to do is kill pedophiles and, and gay people, and he thinks that that's doing his work or whatever you know, mm-hmm. but now he's just moved on to disabled people to get their welfare to checks. get their welfare checks obviously again like in the okay in the movie mm-hmm. Gary is literally like a twenty second scene yeah. And I didn't even know who this was until I remembered from what you had told me a little right. bit. The scene literally consists of Jamie and Bunting in the car. Mm-hmm. And Bunting is like, what's his name? Gary. Yeah. Anyone going to miss him? I don't know. Right. And then it goes to them, Jamie being in Gary's house right. and Gary showing him his like three-month-old snake and they right. feed the snake. Right. Then it just... Closes out, you see Bunting and Wagner and Jamie, and it's just, like, you don't know what happened. But, like, I mean, you know what happened, but there was was no backstory on why. I wish wish there was more, less 
less creepy long scenes and mm-hmm. more story right. in this movie because this story is crazy. Like the story itself, mm-hmm. it didn't need all the creepy long scenes Mm-mm. to be creepy. Like Bunting was awful all by himself. Right. He made a creepy story all by himself. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just saying that like we could have used a little bit more plot line to why you're going to, or, or if you kill someone, cause like, some people had, like, that weird, like, closing out scene, and some people didn't. Mm-hmm. It was very strange. And you're going to be very surprised at the next person who, who, the next victim. Oh, am I? I think so. Okay. Our next victim is Elizabeth Hayden, Mark Hayden's wife. Okay. In the movie, her name is Verna. I know. <laughs> I think it's because they didn't want to get mixed up with Elizabeth, Elizabeth. the mom. Yeah, the mom. And they Elizabeth kept calling her mom. Liz, the mom. I like, know. But... They could have just went Liz or Lizzie and then the other one being Elizabeth or something. Right. I don't know. She was such a small character, you didn't really really see her face anyway, the the wife. so Right. Yeah, and the movie, she... her name is Verna. Right. <laughs> um, she was our second to the last victim. Mm-hmm. She was the only female victim. And Besides Suzanne. Well, okay, stop bringing up Suzanne. I feel like you have this, like, kindred spirit with Suzanne for some reason. Like, (laughs) all right, so she was murdered and her husband helped conceal the body. Mm. Marky Mark. Till death do us not part. Right? Her brother actually reported her missing, though, which, yay, brother. Thank you for reporting someone missing. I I mean, I feel like the, the, the reason why he got away with so many is that he... Targeted people who didn't have a family. Right. Who were basically wards of the state. No one was going to miss them. Mm-hmm. No one was going to report them missing. And this, in, the investigation that occurred led to discover the eight bodies stored in the barrels in the bank. Oh. Which then blew up the whole thing. Oh, okay. Um, and so from her investigation, they, were gonna, they arrested Bunting, Wagner, Jamie, and Mark. But before they got arrested, they were able to sneak one more in so it was kind of i'm assuming after the murder of the wife before the investigation started right <laughs> our last victim mm-hmm. is david johnson david 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 mm-hmm. david was lured by his stepbrother jamie oh yeah see, now you're like wait a second what that's uh, why he was in the movie, but yeah. like, I was like, who is this boy? I know. Who is this man? I know. I, they, never, they never explained it. Yeah. David was lured by Jamie to the bank in Snowtown, where the bodies were. Mm-hmm. Bunting called him the F-slur, yeah. and um, he was not gay. He had a girlfriend, yeah. like in the movie. Like in the movie, yeah. Wagner supposedly grabbed him by the throat and strangled him. They made him provide his bank information for his like and his like pin number mm-hmm. so that they could get access to his account. So when they went to his bank to access his account, they left him there. They were unsuccessful at getting into the bank account, so they came back and when they came back, he was already dead. Like he must have died from the wounds that they had already inflicted on him. They like beat him up, called him oh, an F slur, strangled okay. him a bunch of times probably just like they did with Troy. Troy. So when they came back, they dismembered his body and even ate parts of his flesh. They're cannibals now? <laughs> I know. They not not one one part in any of the other stories do they mention the fact that they that they've eaten flesh, but <laughs> they ate part of David and they made a point 
to make sure that it was noted. It, I think it was more of like a ceremonial thing. Like they cut off a piece of his flesh, like fried it up, and ate it. Oh, so they're cult too. Got it. I mean, Bunting is basically a ringleader oh of a cult. I mean, fuck? if you look at like the definition of what a ringleader of a cult is, that's Bunting. <laughs> that's not in the movie, by the way. Yeah, none of that's in the movie. In fact, the movie ends right when David gets lured into the bank. Right. The end. Like, shut door. Yeah. That's it. I was like, I, I was watching that and I was like, are the credits going to roll right now? I'm sorry. Are the credits going to roll right now? Yes. Yes, they did. Yep. By the way, this movie is two hours. It's two hours too long. So, because Bunting and Wagner, Jamie and Mark were all arrested at that point, Bunting and Wagner were tried together, and Bunting was found guilty and convicted on 11 counts of murder. Thank goodness. He is currently, cons- he is currently serving 11 consecutive life sentences in prison, and he was sent to prison on September 8th of 2003. 2003. Wow. You know, just about like 18, 17 years ago. Jeez. That's a long time. All right. <laughs> well, he's got 11 life sentences to serve, so I don't think he's getting out. <laughs> he has zero chance of parole. Mm-mm. That's all great. That's perfect. Haley, would you like to know what kind of tools were in his uh, bank vault? <laughs> there was tools? <laughs> so the tools, the torture tools that he had at the bank, which I'm assuming he used on David, mm-hmm. which is why he died when they went to go check his bank account. Yeah. Knives. Okay. A bloodstained saw. Oh. A double barrel shotgun. Coils of rope. Rolls of tape. Gloves. Cloths. And then an electric shock machine. Mm, like from what they found on Gary. Yes. Mm. So they describe Bunting as like this charming, nice, like can get people to do what he wants. And mm-hmm. he can. Master manipulator. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He's a master manipulator. He even had this, like, <laughs> we saw it in the movie. It's called a spider wall. And it's, if you ever see, like, Criminal Minds, it's, like, where they have pictures up and, like, string attached to, like, like, it's Depends. a crazy, per- it's a crazy person's wall. If you're on Criminal Minds, it's a little different. But if you're a regular person in your house and you have a spider wall somewhere that has, like, pictures and pins and rope, like, <laughs> tying things together. Ooh. That was actually real. He did have that in his house, supposedly. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's the story of the the Snowtown. That's the true story of the Snowtown murder. Mm. So it's either Australia's worst serial killer, John Justin Bunting, the Snowtown murders, or the Bodies and Barrels murders. (laughs) Those are all the different titles for this one. I like the Snowtown murder. Snowtown murders makes sense. It's the town where the bank was. Jeez. That's crazy. Yeah. It's pretty bonkers. Uh, the only thing I wrote about the movie <laughs> was hate, hate, double hate this movie. <laughs> and that was at the dog scene. Oh, okay. And that was like near the beginning. Yes. Okay. So the movie, we've talked a lot about the movie already, but like we have more. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> okay. The movie, it is, it's a, it's a good movie. Eh. I think that the actors were good. Oh my god, the actors were great. Actors were great because you thought that you were watching like legitimate it, scenes that actually happened with Bunting and mm-hmm. Jamie. Like, yeah. Like, I thought they were like the real people. Right. They're not well-known actors. 
Fun fact. <laughs> Fun facts with Haley. <laughs> <laughs> the only like actual two. There's only two actors in this movie that had any history of acting at all. Oh yeah. And that was Daniel Hinshaw, who played John Bunting, uh-huh. obviously. Right. And Richard Green, who played Barry. Oh, Barry. Barry. I really liked Barry in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I and, hope that those other things yeah. weren't true. <laughs> <laughs> right. Those are the only two actors. The rest of them were just locals from the town. That, that the actual murders were in. Right. Like, they... Crazy. <laughs> so, Even Jamie? Yeah. Jamie was great. Those crying scenes? Seriously, like... Oh, my God. <laughs> he, he would, like, well up with tears, and then all of a sudden, like, five different teardrops would come down, snot out of his nose. Like, it was legit crying. Mm-hmm. He had, like, tears pouring out of his eyes. Like, he put... <gasps> he probably put... Did drops? I mean, maybe. But, maybe. like, he... It wasn't, like, cringy. Like, no, it wasn't all. cringy at all, like, no. His, like, you, he looked traumatized and devastated. And, and he... Just, his whole life was traumatizing. I and he went to jail too. End of the movie. There's like the <laughs> there's like the, facts. The, the, the yeah, you know. At least facts. facts. <laughs> Not my fun facts. But at the end of the movie, they have like the fun fact or the little facts about the true crime and everything. And I remember it saying in 2025 that Jamie will be up uh, for parole mm-hmm. to possibly be released back into the public, and. I don't know. I, like, in the movie, they make you do, like, really feel bad for him. But, I, I mean, I don't know how he actually is in real life. Like, did he right. have that much remorse as it showed in the movie right. or what? So, right. it, I mean, when you're researching, all the words on paper are kind of just, like, point blank. Like, Jamie helped with this murder. Jamie helped with this murder. And right. Like, like did, but he, here's the thing. If he was really young, like 18, mm-hmm. I think he was something around, like, 18 or something. I would say like 16 or 17. Yeah, somewhere between 16 to 18. Mm-hmm. He was, I think he was really manipulated by Bunting though. Oh yeah. Especially in the movie, but like had to be in real life. From from what we could see in the movie, he didn't have really like a hurtful bone in his body like before Bunting. Mm-hmm. He wasn't hurting anyone. No, like he, he, he was like a very closed off, like yeah. until he was shy. shy. Right. Um, he didn't, I didn't really see, like, a father figure or anything in that movie, per se. Right. Do we want to talk about Jeffrey? If you want to. Is Jeffrey even a thing in your... Honestly, I didn't hear anything about a Jeffrey. But I didn't go into, like, deep about Jamie himself. Mm -hmm. There might be more information about Jamie or James. He was called James in all the research I had. But um, there was nothing about a Jeffrey at all, period, in any of my research. I don't know, but, but I didn't. I didn't get a lot of Jamie's life because he was probably he was probably a minor for a lot of this, and a lot of minor stuff isn't public record. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. Now Jamie was like a like in real life. Jamie was a star witness in Bunting and Wagner's um, case, which makes me think that he is remorseful, right, for his like things that he did or that he was forced to do, mm-hmm. and that he didn't want to. I think that I think that with a great. Uh, psychologist to review him and make sure that he is good mm-hmm. because of all the trauma he's had i think he was really manipulated as a minor to like do all of that right and bunting because he married his mom was kind of like a father figure to him yeah he really was the movie's called the snowtown murders yes obviously it got a 6.6 out of 10 on imdb 
Really? Yeah. It's yeah. higher than I thought. Really? Yeah. Well, I got a few awards, too. Nice. But it was released officially on March 2nd, 2012, mm-hmm. in the U.S., uh, directed by Justin Krizel. It was his directing debut. Nice. Yeah. Justin, less creepy scenes. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Justin will listen to this. He's clearly listening to our American podcast. You can hear an American podcast in Australia, <laughs> mate. <laughs> Gathering. <laughs> Since they did all have accents, it was a little hard to fully understand what they were saying. You know, the, the <laughs> lingo and everything that they were saying. Even the captions. Even the subtitles didn't understand what it was saying because it would say the line. So it would be like, um, thanks, mate. And it would say that. Yeah. And then the next line would be like, a little bit mumble. <laughs> it would literally say the word yeah. mumble in parentheses because they didn't even understand what it said. And I'm just like, these subtitles do are not, not helpful. <laughs> like, at all. But I thought that was funny. But yeah, it was, and then it was written... By Sean Grant, I wrote the synopsis down about the movie, even though I already know what it's about. (laughs) But it says, a charismatic but violent predator takes his girlfriend's son under his wing and makes him an accomplice in a murder spree. That is... That's a really good synopsis. Mm -hmm. I would never have come up with something so concise. (laughs) Like, (laughs) personally, I would have been like... So this guy, Bunting, he was like, <laughs> that's why I can't write movie synopsis. <laughs> Literally spoilers to the entire synopsis. <laughs> Watch, you literally just read the movie. <laughs> and then Bunting says, and then Jamie said. <laughs> the movie was adapted from two books, Killing for Pleasure and The Snowtown Murders. The budget for this movie was estimated to be two to three million dollars. Holy crap estimated um but in the box office it only made 1.3 million only pocket only. change i guess that's a lot of that's that's a lot of money and it wasn't I, that good i mean like four three million dollars <laughs> would you think that maybe there'd be like better cameras I thought it okay. I didn't think it was that bad. Like I said, it, I feel like it's mainly like atmospheric and everything yeah. because the shots were beautiful, but like especially the open field, like in the beginning. Right. So they had a lot of beautiful shots, but it was on top of that there was the creepy music right. and the thumping. Like I don't know what it was with the the rhythmic thumping because that's what yeah. the subtitle said. Yeah. <laughs> The, the rhythmic thumping, it just gives you, like, this, like, uneasy, like, feeling. And right. it was just, after they insinuated that they murdered somebody, it was mm-hmm. the same every time. They would show, like, down a hallway. Right. And you would just see them sitting in a, in a room, right. like, in the doorway right there. And it was all and sped then, up. And it's, like, sped up, and then they're, like, kind of, like, shaking yeah. and everything. And it just added, like, this, like, crazy, like, psycho thing and, like, unnerving. And yeah. I dig it. Like, it made it... Maybe I mean, it, it definitely did the job. Like it worked. He wanted it to be real uneasy and like real creepy, mm-hmm. and he made a real uneasy, real creepy movie. Right. It worked. A little bit about Krizel. It was his debut, debut, directorial debut, as I said. Um, he did have a short film before that called Blue Tongue, and it was shown at the 2005 Cannes Film Festival. We went over John Bunting is played by Daniel Henshaw, 
And Jamie is played by Lucas Pitaway. Loved him. He's great. Yeah. I bet he's a good actor now. I haven't checked him out or anything. Yeah. So, like, I hope he got some more acting roles after that because he was really good. Daniel Hurt Henshaw was really good, too. Yeah. Like, he embodied that really well. Um, he seems like one of those guys is like, a method actor that, like, oh, tries to, like, get become, into character yeah. and become that person. Maybe. Ooh. <laughs> Ugh. It was filmed in Smithfield Plain, South Australia. Mm-hmm. And, like I said, Kurzel basically found locals to play mm-hmm. people in this movie. Because um, he wanted to add a sense of reality or it actually being not just a two-dimensional movie. Right. Which fucking worked. Right. Obviously. It really did. Like, it, when, you're, when you're watching these scenes that play out, like, the kitchen scene with everyone in the kitchen talking about things that Bunting wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. All of those scenes, they seem realistic. And no one's, like, letting people have their line. Just have, like, they're talking all over each other. Right. People are talking, like, in the background. Like... All of those scenes seem really realistic. And the camera's kind of, like, a little shaky. Like, it's, like, just someone holding a camera up, like, mm-hmm. talking with people. So right. that's why, it, to me, it's, like, the the whole thing is very realistic. And, and the director did a great job at that. Yeah, he did. So apologies if I say this wrong. But the area that the murders did take place, the suburb area, was called Deverin Park, which Krizel also grew up in. And it is considered one of the most violent and dysfunctional suburbs in Australia. Wait, like, the director grew up there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, it's really it's a really bad neighborhood from what I read, because even emergency vehicles fear going there without police escort. Also, so this movie did, like I said, got some awards for AACTA, which Australia, which stands for Australian Academy of Cinema and Television Arts. Fun. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. No, to the director for getting oh. the award. Also, good job to you, I guess, for speaking. <laughs> I guess. For speaking. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I struggle with that. Don't we both? <laughs> <laughs> but they got an award for best director. Nice. For Curzel. Good job. Award for best adapted screenplay. Best sound. About yeah. the, the music, I know. Um, I love a good score. Mm-hmm. Best supporting actress which was Louise Harris, which was... Elizabeth? Yep, which was the mom. What? Yeah. Wow. Best lead actor. Bunting? Yep. Oh, yay! And then best editing. So um, you're telling me Jamie didn't get a award? No. Not from what I could see. I was like... That's jip. That's rip-off. When I saw best supporting actress, I was like... But it's a female. Right. So, but could it maybe, he couldn't maybe, have gotten best supporting actor. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I don't know. But again with the, the movie Guy who played Jamie, if you're out there, you deserve an award. You deserve an award. You for get that a man. spooky babes award. <laughs> He's in jail, so never mind. Oh he <gasps> is Oh no, no not, not the, the actor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean we're yet alone. You deserve a Spooky Babes Award from us. <laughs> oh my gosh. We should, mean, give, we should give actors and actresses who didn't get an award on that great movie. Like Spooky Babes Award? Yeah. So they feel important? Yeah. We'll just send them like a little ghost on a little... <laughs> <laughs> like out of like craft paper. <laughs> just like the, the most shittiest looking thing. <laughs> on a pipe cleaner. <laughs> With like a box that says award. All spelled wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Oh my god. But Lucas Pitaway. Yes. That's, that's his name. name. Yeah. <laughs> He's so cute. He is really cute. He's cute. And your story when you said the characters are hard to keep up with. I struggled with this because I literally wrote down like <laughs> when we were watching the movie I was like Jeffrey, Alex, Jamie, Elizabeth, Troy, John. Bear. Every name I heard I wrote down. I was like and even some I had to give you because I knew who they yeah, were. Yeah, exactly, because they don't explain. Right. So, in the movie, it starts out with Jeffrey. Yeah. In the movie, the, the characters that we're introduced to are Jeffrey, Alex, Jamie, Elizabeth, Troy, and Nicholas. We found out later. Jeffrey is dating Elizabeth, which is the mom, mm-hmm. to Alex, Jamie, Troy, and Nicholas, right. which are the brothers. So Jeffrey is not in your part of the story. Absolutely. I don't. I didn't so hear anything about him. I don't know. I don't know why they added that. If it was just for effect to maybe bring, bring Bunting in, bring Bunting in. But <clears throat> the story behind Jeffrey is he basically took inappropriate photos of the boys mm-hmm. while the mom was gone. Right. And he was also he also lived across the street from them. Right. It was insinuated that he may have molested Jamie yeah. because, and then we see Barry come in to tell Elizabeth, the mom, mm-hmm. I have, he just goes, I have something to tell you. Right. And then we and, move back to the kids watching TV. Yeah. And then the kids are watching TV right. and then she just goes, mm-hmm. they're eating breakfast and then she just storms out of the house. And goes across the street and starts beating up Jeffrey. Like, what right. the fuck did you do to my boys? And right. in comes... Bunting. Bunting. Yeah. Yes. In comes Bunting. And I'm assuming he just shows up because Barry right. had something to do with it. Right. But like I said, a lot of these characters just pop up. Right. Unexplained. And like... Basically, in comes Bunting. Jamie is already... He's kind of fascinated with him in a way. Bunting starts harassing Jeffrey right. across the street, making loud noises and little small stuff at first, then just harass him until he moves away. And then everything's kumbaya, and yeah. Jamie is like, you continue to see Jamie and John's relationship grow. Right. And Jamie's starting to trust him more and everything. The dog. <laughs> oh, I don't want to talk about the dog. It'll be real... It'll, Real quick. So, after Jamie and John become buddy buddy, mm-hmm. I'm assuming John did this to see if he had it in him to actually like stand for what Jamie, what he wanted Jamie to believe to be a social justice. Mm-hmm. John brings in his dog, mm-hmm. Kelly. I remember the dog's name was Kelly. He gives Jamie a gun and basically says to shoot this dog. And. When I tell you, me and Catherine were just, like, eyes covered, not wanting to watch. I didn't think it was going to happen, but it did. Yeah. It did. On screen. On screen. It was just awful, and it, it was another one of those went-on-for-too-long scenes. Like, but we could have no. had him get the gun and then cut away, hear a shot, and it would have had the same right. like, effect. Same effect. Right. But, but no. 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 We had mm-hmm. to watch bad things happen. Yeah, bad things. Okay, like I said, it was a good movie for what it was. I, I I think that it was. I think it was. I think the story was missing pieces, but oh, I yeah. think that it was filmed great, and I think that it was edited great, and I think the score was great. 
So take that for what you want. Right. But I think that the story was lacking. It basically just ends with David. Um, Jamie lures him to that bank vault. Yep. And... And it's insinuated that they murder or torture yeah, that him. they murder him. They, they don't show any... All it shows is Jamie slowly shutting the door. Right. And then it... And the then facts come across facts, the screen. And then, then the credits, credits roll. <laughs> they did leave a lot up to the imagination. So that was great. They didn't, like, full-on, like, show a lot of things. Right. I mean, I don't... I didn't want them to sh- full-on show murder. <laughs> <laughs> no. I guess. Uh, but, like, I... They could have done more with the story, for sure. When I was looking up facts or information about this movie, mm-hmm. they did have to go through um, a lot of like legal stuff to even be able to make this movie. Oh. So I'm thinking maybe that's why they maybe right. changed some of the stuff, you know? Right. So it wasn't exactly what happened. Yeah. What I was realizing is that they meshed a lot of the murders together. Mm-hmm. So, like, because we didn't see 11 people being insinuated that they were killed at all. Yeah, it was, like, four. It was, like, yeah, four. And they had meshed a lot of the stories of each victim into, like, those four people. Mm-hmm. Like, the voicemails to the mom and the, yeah, all of that stuff. That's probably, probably yeah, prob- it probably has something to do with Australian law. Probably. I'm, unfortunately, not a lawyer in America or in Australia. <sighs> what a shame. What a shame. I think they make big bucks. I'd love to go to Australia. I would love to go to Australia, but um, I'm afraid of flying internationally. Yeah. Over big water. That was our story, our true crime versus Hollywood. There, I mean, I guess there was a lot of similarities, but obviously they're not going to be exactly the same. Right. I mean, this is a documentary. Right. And we're trying to steer clear from documentaries just right. because they're obviously going to be telling you the same story that I'm going to tell you. So. Right. I want to see the over-exaggerated shit. Like, that's right. why. That's right. why I was like, let's do something like this. Right. Yeah. And with true crime, it doesn't always have to be murder, so we could go to, through anything. Like, like you want to like, talk about the bling ring? Right, the bling yeah. ring. So when we do research for our episodes or whatever, we each have our own notebook. And I'm obs- I love stickers, and I bought, like... So many stickers. She bought an unimaginable amount of stickers, so which stickers. was so fun. Like a mixture of my aesthetic, yeah. which is death and <laughs> <laughs> death and like horror and just spooky things and you know. And then I have my my anime, right. which I got. I got a Tokyo Ghoul sticker right. pack, and then my Demon Slayer, which I haven't finished that page right. yet. But I got a little Nezuko poking out <laughs> from the pocket of the notebook, right? Which is cute. And then I got us best friend stickers, yeah. Which we individual, well, we did it together, mm-hmm. where we put the stickers on our notebook to where when they can they connect, yeah. Like when we put them together, they connect. We're vi- virtually, we're visually showing you, and I know that this is not a visual. We're, but... <laughs> we're visually showing you over audio. Yeah. <laughs> but we will take a picture of our notebooks and put them on our Instagram post. That's fine. Um, and mine has, I obviously have a best friend page for, you know, my podcast host, Haley. <laughs> but I also, Haley got me a pack of my favorite flower, which is a daisy. Mm-hmm. So I have like two pages full of daisies. I mean, I wouldn't mind having different stickers other than just daisies, but I didn't buy the stickers. I know. Well, but I didn't, we I didn't have, think that well, yeah. 
I, I mean, I thought, like, yeah, I'm going to put a some few of this, them. Yeah. <laughs> but not, no. <laughs> not the whole. <laughs> we put all of them on our, our I book. literally put all of them. Yeah. So um, when this book is done, we're going to have to get new stickers. And a new and, notebook. And a new notebook and decorate it. We can also decorate it with something other than stickers. Well, I hope you liked this uh, kind of true crime versus Hollywood movie kind of thing. Yeah, kind of thing. I don't know if we've got the format down pat yet. No. We might kind of, uh, you know, adjust. It's a test run. Right. Um, if you guys have any movies that are based on true crime stories, if you go to Twitter or Instagram, our Twitter is for the ghouls and our Instagram is Saturdays are for the ghouls. Or you could even go to our Facebook page, Saturdays are for the ghouls, and let us know of any true crime movies, not documentaries, but movies that are based on a real true crime mm-hmm. that happened. If you have any of those that you want us to check out, send us on one of those platforms so that we can maybe look at it. I feel like we could we'll, all... Sorry. We'll shout you out. Sorry. Yeah, give you a shout out. Shout out. Um, I feel like we could also do like... Because you know, a lot of the like paranormal movies mm-hmm. are based on true events. Right. Yeah. So... Spooky babes, I hope you had a great week this week, and I hope you have a great week next week. And we'll see you next Saturday as you lay your little head down to sleep tonight. I think that we will see you in your nightmares. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye-bye.